Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Evansville Baptist Church. It's good to have you all here with us this evening. It looks almost like I need to move the pulpit over to here tonight because it seems like everybody's decided to congregate on this side. I need to switch all the back pew. Move up to the... No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to make you do that. Well, good to have you all with us this evening. Man, it's been a cold day, hasn't it? But, uh, man, it's been warm inside the church, hasn't it? I mean, if you were here this morning, uh, then you must have... You, you got a blessing to see that church bus pull up and to see all those kids uh, piling out of that bus. And I was recording them as they, as they were leaving. They were all waving at, 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 waving at me. And, man, it was just so good to see all them kids and come up, have them come up and sit up here in the front and, and then have them all ushered downstairs. And it was just it was wonderful to see them. And I want to thank all of you who have been involved with, with the bus, whether you're, you've helped with the bus or uh, helped work on the bus, helped clean the bus, helped uh, donate money to help purchase the bus. I just appreciate every single one of you. Uh, but anyhow, that was kind of impromptu. I just remembered, I, I, I was just thinking about it earlier. I was showing uh, the Coles, the videos of this morning and uh, the bus coming in and out. And it was just, it was just so wonderful to see, uh, you know, just this small little church that's able to have a great impact on these kids. Uh, because that bus right there, and I'm so excited about it, and I'm, I hope you are as well. Well, let's get our service started. Let's turn to hymn 404. Let's stand together as we sing the solid rock, hymn number 404, the solid rock. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last together, hymn number 404, the solid rock. We'll sing it out this evening. 404, the solid rock. Open our service in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much that you've allowed us to meet together this evening, Lord, after the service that we had this morning. Lord, I'm just so grateful, Lord, that you've allowed us to meet together. Lord, I pray that you just take control of this service today, Lord. I pray that you take control of your servant today as I preach, Lord. I pray that you'd fill me with your power, Lord. I pray that you would, uh, Lord, uh, just work in the service through the singing, uh, Lord, through the uh, fellowship, Lord, and through the preaching. I pray that you do a work in us tonight, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I have a few announcements for us this evening. 
If you have your bulletins with you, all of them will be in your bulletin. I want to remind everybody, I did abbreviate some of our announcements this morning. I don't want to uh, be too awful long when the children are up here. I don't want to get them antsy and stuff. But I do want to remind everybody that we do have our, uh, our conference coming up here in just a couple of weeks. It's actually, what is this, the second Sunday in October. We've only got, I think, three more Sundays or maybe only two more Sundays until our conference is here. Uh, so I'm very excited about it. I hope you're excited about it as well. Uh, I'm excited to hear these special speakers come in. And uh, we've got uh, Jeremy Snipes coming to preach for us for uh, Sunday of the conference. And then uh, Jonathan Adkins is going to come. Uh, he's going to be here for Friday night and Saturday night of the conference, and he's going to preach for us. Uh, those two nights we'll be meeting here at the church at 6 o'clock in the evening. Uh, that's Friday and Saturday, the 3rd and the 4th of November. Uh, so if you would please add that to your calendar. And then Sunday, we will not have Sunday school that day. We will only have our morning service. Uh, we'll have our morning service at 1045, our regular time. Then we'll have an afternoon luncheon and then an afternoon service to close out the conference at 1.30. Uh, so right around 1.30 is when we'll start that second service. Uh, I would encourage you, though, uh, invite your friends, invite your family. We've got uh, flyers on the back counter. Uh, we've got quite a few of them. We want to get those out into our community, let them know about this conference coming up. And uh, I know this is a missions conference, uh, but this is also going to give us a local uh, vision uh, for lost souls. That's what this is about. The, the uh, theme of the conference is that all may know. That's the theme of the conference. And that should, honestly, in all, in all trueness, it should be the theme of our church, is that all may know. We should have a great desire uh, to see souls saved. So that's what that's coming up here in just a couple of weeks. So please put that on your calendars. And uh, if you would like to make a dish for that luncheon in the afternoon, uh, get with Mrs. Harris or get with Miss Marge, and uh, they will uh, help you out to figure out what you need to bring. And uh, we'll just have a great time uh, together for those three days. I want to also remind the ladies, uh, there will be no Bible study for the ladies this week. Uh, Marge is out of town, uh, so we're giving you all a week off. So don't worry about it this week. Uh, we will be resuming that next week, though. Not this Thursday, but the next Thursday. We will be having that again, but there will not be one this Thursday. I want to remind everybody of that because I did uh, erringly put that into the bulletin. So if you could just cross that out of your bulletin, uh, that will not be taking place this week. I want to remind all the men, though, that we do have our men's prayer breakfast. That is coming up <clears throat> This coming Saturday, the 14th, and uh, that's going to be at 8.30 on Saturday morning. I would encourage you, uh, come out and bring a friend, uh, whether it's a brother or, or a dad or a son or, or, or a grandson, whatever. Bring somebody with you. It's a wonderful, wonderful time as we get together. We're just a bunch of men that get together, that love God, uh, that uh, we fellowship together, we pray together. Uh, I've always got a Bible message that I bring. It's really just a 10 or 15 minute uh, devotional that we do together. And uh, it's just a, uh, something that's thought provoking to get us provoked uh, as men to think and to, and to do certain things. Uh, but I would encourage you, if you can, please come out uh, this coming Saturday at 8.30 in the morning. It's going to be a wonderful time. And I forgot to make mention of it this morning because she wasn't here. Uh, but today is Gina Hodgkinson's birthday. 
So we want to remember that. And uh, if you have her phone number, send her a text. If you have her on Facebook, send her a, send her a Facebook message. Let her know that you're thinking about her. Uh, tell her happy birthday. And uh, we will sing to her on Wednesday night. So y'all need to remind me or else I will forget. Uh, but we need to sing to her on Wednesday night. Uh, but I want to remind everybody of that. And then, uh, but that's all the announcements that I have for today. If we could get our hymn books out, we'll turn to hymn 339. Hymn number 339, Since I Have Been Redeemed, we'll sing the first, the second, and the last together of hymn number 339. Since I Have Been Redeemed, we'll sing the first, the second, and the last. Let's get our bulletins back out together and we'll sing our song of the month. We'll just sing it through one time this evening. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. We'll sing it through one time together this evening. Great and mighty is He. We'll sing it out uh, this evening. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. We'll just sing it through one time this evening. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. sure do serve a great and mighty God, don't we? He sure is wonderful. Let's turn our Bibles. We'll do our uh, scripture reading at this time. If you would please stand with me. Acts chapter number 17. Acts chapter number 17. Let's stand together and we'll do our Bible reading at this time. Acts chapter 17 beginning in verse number 10. And we only have three verses to read together this evening. So we'll all just read them all together. It will read all through all verses 10, 11, and 12, 
all together this evening of Acts chapter number 17. Acts chapter number 17, beginning in verse number 10. And we'll just read this all together, all the way through down through verse number 12 together this evening. Acts chapter number 17. Acts chapter 17, beginning in verse number 10. We'll read down through verse number 12. If you're there this evening, say amen. 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 Acts chapter 17, beginning in verse number 10. Ready, begin. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Therefore many of them believed, also of honorable women, which were Greeks, and of men, not a few. Amen. You may be seated. Let's get our, our, our hymnals out one final time this evening. We'll turn to hymn number 428. Hymn number 428, I Need Thee. Every hour, hymn number 428, we'll sing the first, the second, and the last of hymn number 428. many times to make it without God, and every time I end up falling flat on my face. It always ends up happening. So we need Him. Every hour we need Him. Acts chapter 17 is where we're going to be at this, more, or this, at this evening. If I can get my days right and if I can get my times right, we'll be good this evening. Amen? Uh, Acts chapter 17 is where we're going to be at. And uh, just a few verses that we're going to get our key verses from this evening. And then we're going to be uh, going through Scripture uh, some this evening. But uh, I'll say this, and y'all will be happy with this. I'll get you home early tonight. I've only got three pages of notes. 
So I don't have a lot of notes tonight, so uh, I, I doubt I will be very long, uh, but I want to sp uh, speak just for a few moments on the subject of don't believe it just because I say it. Don't believe it just because I say it. Uh, we should be uh, studying it for ourselves and uh, understanding it for ourselves and finding out why we believe what we believe. We ought to know in the Word of God what we believe. So that's why I say, don't believe it just because I say it. I'm a human man. I make mistakes. Uh, I will slip up. I, I will make mistakes in what I say at times. I'm a human man. It happens. So that's why I say, be very careful. Uh, I'm, not, I, I'm not saying you need to uh, pick apart every one of my messages and find the, the tiny little, uh, uh, I, I accidentally spelled something wrong. The way I said it, it just wasn't spelled right the way I said it. And you find that and pull it. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is take the messages that I preach and study them for yourselves. You know, God's not done working when I step down from the pulpit. Amen? God can still work through the message when the pastor gets down from the pulpit. If you take notes, and you ought to have some notes. I say this all the time. You're more likely to retain what is said from the pulpit if you take notes. You're more likely to be able to go back later and find a passage of Scripture and read it and understand it and learn more from it and be able to expound on it more than I can expound on it here in my preaching time because I've only got about 45 minutes to four and a half hours to, uh, to, to be with y'all. Uh, I'm just kidding. I've got about four hours throughout the whole week uh, to be with y'all. But anyhow, just don't believe it because I say it. Uh, go ahead and study it for yourself. Go ahead and, and search the scriptures for yourself. But in Acts chapter 17, uh, we see here Paul and Silas are heading into uh, uh, the city of Berea. Uh, so let's see here, uh, beginning in verse number 10, let's look at it together. It says, And the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas, uh, sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. There were more noble, uh, there, there were more noble, sorry, these were more, more noble. If I could learn how to read, that'd be wonderful as well. Uh, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Therefore, many of them believed also of honorable women which were Greeks and of men, not a few. Let's take a quick word of prayer and we'll get right into this and, and expound on this a little bit today. Heavenly Father, <coughs> Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you just take control, uh, Lord, of your servant this evening. Uh, Lord, I pray that this message that I preach this evening, Lord, would be one that uh, would be helpful, Lord, and one that might be uh, useful to those who are here in the room today. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, my words would not be heard here in this, Lord, because uh, I can very easily dip into my own, uh, my own thinking or my own uh, ideals, Lord, but I don't want any of that to come into this message this evening, Lord. I want simply uh, the truths from your word to be shown forth today. Uh, Lord, I pray that you just take control, Lord. I pray that your words would be heard, not my words. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd work this evening in your name, I pray. Amen. Uh, so as we look at this passage of Scripture, uh, we're seeing a, a comparison between those who were in Thessalonica and those who are here in this city of Berea. We see here that the city of Berea is being uh, held up. They're saying that they're more noble. Why? 
Because if we look at it, it says not only did they receive the word with all readiness of mind. So that means when the preaching began, their minds were open, their hearts were open, they were ready to receive it. But what else does it say there? It says that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily. So why was it that they were more noble? It was because not only did they receive the word that was preached to them, but they took that word that was preached and then they studied it. They took that and then they studied it and they made sure that what they heard was correct. Because what does it say there? It says, and search the scriptures daily, verse number 11, the last part of it there. It says, and search the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. So they took the scriptures that they heard. They, they heard uh, maybe Paul or whether it was Silas or whatever. They heard the preaching. They heard the word. And then they took the word and said, I'm going to study this for myself. Not because I don't believe Paul and Silas, but because I want to know what is in the word of God. So as I preach to you today... Uh, I, I hope either you can remember it uh, or, or, or whether you uh, write it down. Don't remember all the words that I say because I bet half of it's gibberish. But uh, remember the passages of Scripture. Remember the word that was preached. Take it home with you and read it and study it whether or not what I said was correct. I never want your uh, doctrine to be skewed because of something that I've said from the pulpit. I want everything to be Bible-based. Everything to be founded in this old blessed book right here. If one word that I say goes contrary to that, I want that brought up. I want that pulled out and said, hey, pastor, there's something wrong with that. There's, it doesn't go along with what my Bible says. And we'll look at it together. We'll make sure that what I'm saying is right because if I'm preaching something that does not go along with this book right here, then guys, get me out of the pulpit. Get me out of it. I care too much about this blessed book right here. I care too much uh, to make sure that we're on the right doctrine uh, to be up here uh, spewing a bunch of lies in front of you. I won't do it. And I say I want, I, I want the accountability from our church people. I want you to take the words that I say uh, as we're reading it. Uh, look at the context of it. I know I pulled three verses out here, uh, but look at the whole context of what's taking place in that passage of Scripture and make sure that it aligns with what's going on. This brings me to point number one. I study what I preach. You should too. I study what I preach. You should do the same. When I preach a message... Uh, 90, uh, 94% of the time, it's not just off the cuff. 94% of the time, I'll say, there's a lot of study that goes into it. There's a lot of preparation that goes into it. There's, there, there's preparation, there's research, there's Bible study. Uh, before I bring a message to you, the church, there's a lot that goes into it before I deem it ready to be preached. I study it quite a bit. The first thing that generally takes place, and I'll just give you my whole process here so that you know what, what goes into a message. So the first thing that generally takes place is through my daily Bible reading uh, or through my study, the Lord lays a thought in my heart. As I'm reading, it might be just, and this was just a message that uh, the Lord laid on my heart through my daily Bible reading. 
And I, I don't know about you, but for, as, a, as a pastor, I have separate Bible reading. I have my daily Bible reading, and then I have my study Bible reading. So uh, we're working on a few different um, series right now. So my study Bible reading is studying for that series. Or, or maybe there's a message that the Lord just uh, popped into my head while I was driving about, and, and I'll study for that. But there's sometimes... Uh, that just in my regular daily Bible reading, and more often than not for my Sunday messages anyhow, the Lord just puts that thought in mind throughout the week as I'm studying. So that's the first thing. Then the secondly, I begin to lay out the thoughts that the Lord has given to me, whether on a piece of paper or on the computer. Uh, I use my notes app heavily on my phone. If you go through my notes app, yeah, there's a lot of passwords and numbers and stuff on there, so don't go through my notes app. But um, oftentimes, if you look at 80% of my notes app, it's generally, it's a message idea. I've got full uh, uh, year-long sermon series all written out on my notes app, just uh, just there that the Lord put in my, into my head. But I, I begin to lay out thoughts because the Lord, uh, I, I'm one of those people that I've got to stick very close to my notes or else uh, I, I, get, I get too many thoughts. So I'll get a, uh, if you've ever talked to me for any amount of time, you know that I get onto rabbit trails. So when my own thinking starts to take over, then I get onto a rabbit trail. So that's why I have all those notes. I've got, I've got pages of notes just because I get off on rabbit trails throughout all of it. But that's the second thing, as I begin to lay out thoughts onto a piece of paper or onto the computer. Then thirdly, I study the scripture to make sure that that thought that the Lord gave to me is in context, of, is in the context of what is taking place in the passage. I never want to be pulling one verse out of context to try and make it say what I want it to say. That's why if you... I very rarely like to to just read one verse. I don't like to do that. I like to read two or three verses of of a passage of Scripture because I never want to pull something out of context. I want it to be in the context. That's the third thing I do is I generally uh, will take the time to read before and after uh, that passage of Scripture that the Lord gave me that thought on to make sure I'm in the context. Number four, the fourth thing that I do is I generally I'll begin to search the Bible uh, for other instances where that thought is revealed or that truth is revealed in the Word of God. So I'll begin to do a Bible search and a Bible study of that. And then number five, I begin to compile those findings into different points and subpoints and thoughts within the message. And then finally, after I've got all of that together, then I take it and I look over it and I study it to make sure that it's accurate and ready to be preached. There's a lot that goes into these messages. Uh, they're not just, uh, you know, uh, shoot from the hip and try and, try and make your mark, you know. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it, and yet still, oftentimes, I will not get close to uh, all that I would like to hit on. So that's where I say to you, please, write down the verses Write down the passages of Scripture and go and find out for yourself. You know, there's so much more truth in this passage of Scripture. Just those three verses. There's so much more truth in it than just what I'm preaching on today. The Lord has more truth for you. 
But also I say that to say, if I have messed up and I've said something incorrect in the message this evening, or in the message this morning, or in the message last week, then I want you uh, to be studying it and finding out, uh, well, he said that and he didn't say that right. I want to make sure that we're on the same page with that. I want our church to be unified. I want us to have unity in our doctrine and in our, in our beliefs. Uh, but if you don't believe uh, something that I'm preaching from the pulpit, then we need to get together and figure that out. Maybe I'm the one who's in the wrong. But that's the whole deal about studying uh, what it is that you've heard. And not just taking it for what I'm saying. Don't just believe it just because I said it. Just because you hear uh, Pastor Harris uh, say something from the pulpit does not mean that you need to take it uh, as complete doctrine for your life. Find out what the Bible says. Find out what it says here in this book. And then if the book uh, agrees with what I said, then take the book's word for it. Don't take mine. Because I'm a human. I'm just a man. I'm nobody special. I, I mean, I was only in, in Bible college for a year and a half. Uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I wasn't, I'm not an eight-year Bible student. I, I love the Word of God. I believe it wholeheartedly. Uh, I study it. I read it. I know some of my Bible. I would never say that I know my Bible uh, as well as many others. Uh, if you've ever talked to my dad, then you know that my knowledge of the Bible is a drop in the bucket compared to what he knows about the Bible. I mean, I've said this before, but we did discipleship together, and I used to be able to flip to a passage of Scripture. I used to be able to point at it and start reading it, and he could finish the verse for me. Anywhere in the Bible, just about. And he'd be able to finish the verse for me. I don't have a, a, a treasure trove of knowledge like he has. Yes, the Lord has called me to be a preacher. Yes, the Lord speaks through me. Uh, uh, hopefully, the Lord speaks through me to you as I bring the word that he's laid on my heart. Uh, but I'm not perfect. I'm not a perfect man. I mean, I wish I could just everything that I say just be gold and, and you could just uh, stand on it. But that's not the case. That's why I say so adamantly, don't just take it because I say it. Find out what the Bible says about it. And then once you find out that the Bible says it, then hold true to it and never move from it. So as I'm preaching... There are some things that would be very beneficial for you to do as the church. And I'm preaching this on a Sunday night because this is our core crowd. This is our core, uh, I'd say this is the core of the church. And now we're missing a lot of our core because uh, they're either on vacation or sick or away. Uh, but this is the core. And if our core is strong, then the church will be successful in its mission. The core must be strong, though. So that's why I'm preaching this tonight. So first, I would say, take notes. If you're taking notes, take notes. That's, that's the first thing. Write down the passage of Scripture that were, that were used. I would say, write down the main points of the message. Or, or write down the main thought of the message. I wouldn't, you, don't, you don't have to uh, uh, transcribe every word that I say. Because as I said, not every word that, I've, that, that I say is going to be beneficial to you. Uh, but write down the passages of Scripture that were used at least. Because what does the Bible say? Well, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is what? Profitable. So not all of my words are profitable, but all Scripture is profitable. So take that and write down those notes. 
So first off, I would say take notes. Secondly, I would say take those notes and read over them and study them. Make sure that what I'm saying is correct. And then once you know that it's correct, hold true to it. Hold strong to it. Make sure that the verses and passages that I used or that any preacher used. I'm saying this. Uh, I'm saying that in a personal way because uh, I'm the one up here preaching. Uh, but this is this goes for any preacher that you ever listen to, whether it's a podcast, whether it's YouTube, uh, uh, whether it's you're going to a revival, or whether you're going to a ladies' conference or a men's conference. Any time that you listen to preaching, I would say do these things. You will get less bad doctrine if you go to the Word of God and study each passage of Scripture that is read. Make sure that what the preacher that you're listening to, whether it's me or whether it's somebody else, make sure that what you hear is accurate. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study. Study it. Study it for yourself. Study it so that you are approved unto God. I have to answer to God for what I've said from this pulpit. And I, I, I would never want anybody to have bad doctrine based off of what I said from the pulpit. But you yourself have a personal responsibility to go into the Word of God and learn it for yourself. That's why I say, don't believe it just because I say it. I'm here as the pastor to do my best to lead the flock. I'm here to give the messages that God has laid on, to my, on my heart. And I pray that they're helpful to you. But you can't uh, live a Christian life just based off of what you hear on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. You've got to study it for yourself. Get in the Word of God. Read it. Know it. Love it. Do you love your Bible this evening? Do you love your Bible this evening? Amen. You ought to love your Bible. You ought to take it with you. Uh, just, about, uh, just about always I, I have a Bible with me. Uh, not saying that I'm better than you because I keep a Bible. That's not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I love my Bible. You know, when I'm holding a Bible in my hand, I feel safe. Does anybody else feel like that? I, I don't know. I, 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 it's a weird feeling. and I'm just, This isn't in the message at all. But it's a weird feeling. When I'm Holding my Bible, I feel safe. When I'm reading my Bible, I have a sense of security. Knowing that what I'm saying is completely true. Completely. It's, a, it's an interesting feeling to know that uh, when I read the Word of God, as long as I'm reading it correctly and in the right context, it is truth. When I speak uh, of my own self and of my own thinking then there's always the possibility of some form of, uh, of something that is not true. There's always a possibility that something that's untruthful would come out. Yet when I read the Word of God, it is completely truth. So just because uh, the pastor said it from the pulpit does not mean you need to take it as complete truth. Study it and find out for yourself. Number two. The more you study the word that is preached, the more you will get from the message. This is what I was saying earlier. 
You know, God does not stop using the verses that I speak from the pulpit the moment that I get down and get in my car and go home. If you will take these verses and take these passages of Scripture and take the truths that are in them and take them home with you and study them, God will still use them. God will still open up to you more truths. The message is not over when I get down off the pulpit. The message is not over then. The Word of God is not meant to be heard for an hour or two a week at church, then never read, then never read or listened to again the rest of the week. The Word of God is something that is meant to be the daily food or sustenance for your existence. I don't know about you, uh, but I don't think uh, any of us today have forgotten to eat. I haven't. I ate good for lunch. I, I've never forgotten to eat. But I, can count, I can't count on two hands how many times I've forgotten to read my Bible. This is supposed to be more important to me than my food. This is supposed to be the most important thing to me. This is my sustenance. This, this should be my food. Uh, the, 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 the psalmist talks about uh, how he thirsts for it. I ought to thirst for it. I ought to have a desire for it. As you begin to study the Word of God more, you'll begin to learn more than you ever have. As you uh, begin to do these things, as you open up the Word of God after the service throughout the week and begin to study what was said on Sunday you will begin to realize, man, I'm getting so much more from my Sunday than I ever have. Not because pastor preached something great, no. No, but it's because you've opened up the Word and began to study what it was that you heard. Uh, if, if all you do is, is take a transcription of my words and put them on a piece of paper and read them on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's not going to do you any good. But, Take the passages that I read this evening and read them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And you'll see a difference. You'll see something change. Because you're not just hearing the word of a pastor. You begin to study the word of God and you begin to understand what the Bible is saying. You begin to believe it, not because your pastor said it, but because the Bible says it. What I want to see is a group of church people who don't say, uh, when somebody asks you, well, why do you believe that salvation, or, or why do you believe that heaven is real? I want to see a group of church people that when that question is asked, they don't say, well, because my pastor told me it was. I want to see a group of church people that say, well, this verse says this. Well, and this verse says this. And the book of Romans says that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the group of church people I want to see. And the, the only way that we're going to get a group of church people like that, and the only way we're going to get a group of believers like that, if we stop taking what the pastor says as complete and total truth and begin to take the word of God that he preaches and 
than take it home and study it and believe it for ourselves. That's how we're going to get a church that is strong. That's how we're going to get a church that's unified. That's how we're going to get a church uh, that is doing great things for God. That's what we need. 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verses 1 through 3 says, There thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Studying the word of God is full of profit. There's a great deal of truth to be found in the word of God. Studying the word that the pastor gave on Sunday is profitable. Not studying the words that he spoke. When I say the word, that's capital W. That's the word. Not the words that I, that I speak out of my mouth, but the word. Studying the word that has been given is profitable. What it does is it keeps you in line doctrinally with what the Bible says. It allows you to more accurately understand what is being preached. It allows you to more fully understand the truth that is in the Word of God. As you study the Word, you'll more accurately understand it. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Verse number 14 through 17, it says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in uh, Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now that word perfect there does not mean uh, that you will attain unto perfection. I know we've talked about this in weeks past on Wednesday nights, but that word perfect there is speaking about spiritual maturity. So as you begin uh, to study the word of God, as you begin to understand it, then uh, your, your, your uh, foundation of doctrine is sure and sound. And then when you begin uh, to hear uh, maybe other preachers or you go to a revival or you hear an evangelist on the radio uh, or, or you're on TV and you flip to a channel and you see a television preacher, now instead of just believing it because there's a preacher up there with a suit and tie that's saying it, you're going to open up the Word of God and say, well, I believe it not because he said it, but because the Word of God says it that's what we've got to get to in our lives in our christian walk uh with god we've got to get to the point uh where we're not just believing it because the pastor says it or because the evangelist says it or because it was said uh in a loud tone of voice or in an exciting way uh we oftentimes will get uh caught up into wrong doctrine because of the way the preacher sounds if the preacher's excited and jumping across the stage and and hollering out to people uh we oftentimes will just take well man uh, he's full of the spirit oh i gotta take everything that he says is truth well if we will go into the word of god and 
understand what it says. And sometimes all that hipping and hollering and whatever it is that they're doing, uh, it means it, it doesn't mean anything sometimes. Now, uh, there's times where your pastor uh, will get a little excited. And I might hoop and holler a little bit. I hope y'all are okay with that. But as long as what I'm getting excited about is founded in the principles and the doctrine of the Word of God, then you can take it as being truth. Don't believe it just because I say it. Please. Please don't. There will be times, there may have even been times this evening, I don't know, that I may have misspoke or said something incorrect. But if you are taking the passages of Scripture that I have given you, and you're reading them and studying them, then you'll be able to come to me tomorrow or give me a call or shoot me a text and say, Hey, Pastor, can we have a meeting? And I'm like, Okay, I said something wrong. But if you don't take the Word of God and study it after you've heard it, then how are you going to know whether what I said is right or wrong? You know, we don't turn to every passage of Scripture that I read. Sometimes it's just for sake of time. Sometimes I just, uh, it goes along with the flow of the message. But if you'll write it down and study it, you will know that what is being said is true or is untrue. Don't believe it just because I say it. Learn your Bible. Know your Bible. Love your Bible. Cling to your Bible. And when you hear other people preach things that are, are, are untrue or, or are skewed or, or, or are uh, away from the Word of God, then you won't be like uh, uh, the leaves that the Bible talks about that are tossed to and fro with every uh, wind of doctrine. You'll be like in Psalm chapter number 1. You'll be like that tree that's planted by the rivers of water where your roots are grounded into the Word of God to where no matter what any preacher tells you, no matter what uh, your co-workers tell you, no matter what your family tells you, you know that uh, the Word of God is true. You know that what you believe is true. I think about that song, I know whom I have believed it, and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. I know who I believe in. I know what I believe in. I believe uh, in the King James Bible, Amen. I believe in the Word of God. I believe these things that are written in the book. There's been times I know that I've, uh, I've gone back and, and listened to what a preacher says, and I'm just, I'm like, what, what? That doesn't quite make sense. Or they'll take a, a verse of the Bible and they'll take one word out of that verse. It's like, it's like taking things out of context to a whole new level. They won't, they, they'll, they'll just take uh, the verse, but then they'll go even deeper and take a word out of the verse. And they'll preach a whole message on that one word that's in that verse. And I'm thinking, well, man, I, is that rightly dividing the word of truth? Is that studying the word correctly? There's a lot of work that goes into these messages and a lot of time that's spent in studying it. I know not everything that I say is always going to be uh, correct. I, I do my very best to make sure that everything that I bring to you is from the Word of God, straight from the Word of God. But I'm a human. I'm going to slip up. There's going to be times I'm going to make a mistake. But if you are studying what it is 
that I give to you, the words of God, the, the, the word of God uh, that I'm giving to you, the passage of scripture that we're reading. If you're going back and studying it for yourself, studying it in context and making sure then we're never going to have a rift there. I'll, I'll come back. I'll, I'll apologize from the pulpit if I made a mistake. I will. I'll, I'll come back and correct it because I don't want our church to be split up on our doctrine. I want everybody to be solid on our doctrine. I want to be unified in our doctrine. We've got to be studying the Word of God, though. Don't believe it just because I say it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, I thank you for allowing us to meet together this evening. Lord, I pray that Lord, you will have used this message. Lord, I pray again that my words would not be heard. Lord, I, keep, I, I pray that prayer, Lord, because I know uh, as a human man I, I, I make mistakes. Lord, the reason I don't want my words being heard but your words to be heard, Lord, is because your word has no mistake in it. That's why I pray that, Lord. I pray that everything that I preach from this pulpit would be honoring and glorifying to you. I pray that everything that is said uh, in this church, Lord, would be straight from the Word of God. Lord, we need you. Lord, I pray that these words were heard today. The altars are open and the piano is going to play, and as it does, maybe the Lord's laid it on your heart that maybe there's uh, some doctrine in there that needs to be figured out. Maybe you've heard something that, that I've said that's been, that's been incorrect. And you just need to say, well, uh, I, I'm going to get that taken care of. The altars are open. You come.
close our service in a word of prayer. Uh, Brother Jim, would you close our service this evening?